to Asserting the Times. How can we know if we're conducting ourselves properly? Only through his words! We based Berean broadcast. Nothing divides like truth. The truth is important. Give us some men who know the truth. And now, here's Marty and Brother Eric. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. That is from Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2, from the NASB, switching it up a little bit. Hello, this is Marty with Brother Eric. Welcome to another episode of Discerning the Times. Just a couple of Berean brothers striving to enter the narrow gate and seeking to be holy as God is holy. We just want to welcome you. Thank you for listening. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. We're going to take some time and really uh, reflect and really reconvene. And I like uh, what we were talking about earlier is reshape the podcast and make sure that this podcast is uh, grounded. And what we're grounding it in is Psalm 1, is the wisdom of Psalm 1. So, Brother Eric, it's good to be with you today again. Why don't you tell us uh, what we're trying to do with this podcast in particular is that we want to reshape, reconvene. I called it a huddle, <laughs> if you will, earlier, is to to regroup and come back and point to the, the biblical implications of Scripture and really drive home the point of why we're doing this podcast. We talk about discernment throughout this podcast, biblical discernment. We've talked about a few gray areas, adiaphora, if you will, some things that we see in the church and and in the culture, and we're trying to just discern biblically and have a biblical worldview as we approach these things. We talked about a lens which we look through to see the culture, see these things for what they are. So, Brother Eric, go ahead and set the tone, if you will, for today's podcast, bro. Yes, man. Um, Well, we did tackle a couple controversial subjects in the past few weeks you know we talked about UFC we asked the question should Christians be engaged with US uh, with UFC and uh, well we got a little bit of uh, backlash on this one <laughs> that's an understatement sure <laughs> and then we touch uh, the subject of drinking and uh we ask the questions: uh, Should Christians use alcohol? Should should is it is it is it okay for Christians to drink? And um, we said that in regards to the subject, you know, there's a division. You know, there there is a it is a very controversial subject, of course, because we said in the podcast that addressed this issue. That the scripture seems to allow the use of alcohol. We we see that implicitly. It's not a commandment, right? It's not like uh, what the Pharisees told our Lord Jesus. Well, Moses gave us a commandment to divorce divorce our wives, mm-hmm. right? The Lord said it's not a commandment. It was a concession for the hardness of your hearts. 
Yeah. Right. In the same way, we see that the usage of alcohol is giving us a concession on behalf of the Lord. It is implicit in Scripture. Well, we said that drinking, if we mean by that having an occasional drink here and there, uh, or, the, or just a mere act of drinking uh, a glass of wine or perhaps a beer, is not a sin. It is not a sin. But we said that the scripture speaks of this object. Um, there are passages in which, you know, it is implicitly um, allowed to, for alcohol to be enjoyed by the covenant people of God. But at the same time, and this is why we did say that it's important for us to have a systematic approach to scripture. That is, mm-hmm. that we want to... We want to see every scripture that deals with the issue, right? We just don't want to present a one-sided argument mm-hmm. of the issue and ask ourselves the question, where is the, uh, what is the emphasis in scripture, right? Yep. Yep. We already admitted uh, drinking is allowed. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is implicitly allowed. It is a concession. Drinking a beer is not a be is not a sin. Drinking a glass of wine is not a sin. Mm-hmm. But the question yeah. that as Christians we must ask ourselves: once we have a systematic approach, that is, we want to tackle every single verse that deals with the subject, and then from there we we are going to formulate a theological position and ask ourselves the question: where is the emphasis? Mm-hmm. Where is the emphasis? Right, and the emphasis. We see it in the New Testament where the apostle says that we should not be uh, filled, we should not be drunk with wine, we should not be filled with with much wine, but rather we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. We must be filled of the Holy Spirit. It isn't that in the opposite direction that we are being called to. We must not be. Uh, we must not be hang up, or we must not be. Uh, we mon- we must not get stuck in the f- in the in the in, in the defensiveness of wanting to preserve our right to drink, but rather pay attention where the emphasis is set. Mm-hmm. You know, if um, the emphasis is set to flee from drunkenness and pursue mm-hmm. holiness, that is the emphasis, and we're gonna leave it uh, at that. But nevertheless, this was a controversial issue, right? As was Game of Thrones too. I mean, we we talked about, talked about that as well. Game of Thrones. Thrones. Uh, we uh, compare this uh, series, mm-hmm. this TV series or whatever. We compare it to biblical principle, and when we took apart, when we took apart the essence of what this is, you know, this program towers, homo. Um, excuse me, uh, towers. Adultery, fornication, nudity, and many other uh, aspects or dimensions of sin mm-hmm. that are being set before the minds of, of the expectators. And we said that these things elevate themselves against the knowledge of Christ, and therefore, uh, viewing and allowing these things in our minds constitute mm-hmm. a violation of the separation that the Christian must observe from the world. It would be a violation of the words of the Apostle John in, in, in his letter, in his first epistle, when he 
he uh, exhorts the believers not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? He also says right. in the same epistle that God is light and there's no shadow turning in God. There's no darkness in God. And yet if we walk in darkness claiming to have fellowship with God, the truth is not in us. That's right. Right. That's so, right. so this, this, these things that are portrayed in, in this uh, Game of Thrones uh, uh, program or whatever uh, are a violation of this. And they constitute a violation of, of Ephesians 5.11, mm -hmm. you know, which is do not partake in the unfruitful words of darkness, but right. rather expose them. Right. They, these things constitute mm -hmm. the fruits of darkness. They, right. they are the fruits of darkness being uh, flung open in front of the eyes of those who expose themselves to these things. It ties to the also one thing we talked about with our rated movies. Uh, we talked about uh, something that you really drove home and I really grabbed a hold of it was that every movie teaches something. So Game of Thrones is teaching something. Uh, just like that being said, every movie teaches something. Everything we watch on the flat screen is teaching something. Yes, these things are not made in a vacuum. They're the product of ideas, like doc, uh, doc, the later Dr. Arsis Pro said in his book, The Consequences of Ideas. He said the ideas have consequences. The, there's a worldview behind these movies. They, uh, they do teach something. The question is, what, mm -hmm. what is it that, it that I'm being taught? What is it that I, I am exposing myself to? And we said that you can you cannot expose yourself to these things and not be affected by it. The scripture calls us again and again to protect our minds, not to expose ourselves to wickedness. And uh, that's why we said that in this podcast, we are going to go back to the wisdom of scripture. And we're going to take a look into Psalm 1. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of exegesis mm -hmm. today. We're going to observe the text. And rather rather than bringing our preconceived ideas into the text, we, go, we want to do good exegesis, sure. good hermeneutics. We're going to allow the text to speak with us, and then we're going to do an application. Okay, it's quite simple. The backdrop of the podcast rests on this wisdom that is found in scripture uh, it is not some whim uh, or some sort of uh, inclination that myself or brother eric has had and thereby stating our opinion and making that into facts no on the other hand the backdrop of this podcast discerning the times is to have a foundation of biblical wisdom to observe the times and observe the culture through the lens of the wisdom of God and not of man's wisdom. Because scripture also clearly states that the wisdom of man is foolishness Yes, when compared to the wisdom of God. Yes, so, we want to apply biblical principle. And this comes from us coming, having tested the scriptures coming to the conclusion that the scripture is sufficient mm -hmm. for everything in life. This is just us seeking to be co uh, consistent with 
the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. Like Paul told Amen. Timothy, you know, that the Scriptures were uh, apt to teach, to rebuke, to reprove, so that the men of God may, may be thoroughly equipped. And, you know, the tales noustas, mm-hmm. the, the, the very breath of God. This is not... Uh, when it comes about the scripture, it's not the opinions of men about God, although there's some of that in that, but sure. this is the revelation of God from heaven to us, right? This is not just the opinions of any man, mm-hmm. but we're talking about divine wisdom, right? That's you know, right. even our Lord Jesus said, I do not speak of my own, but I'm only speak as I hear, mm-hmm. saying that everything he said was in accordance, in accordance to the word of God. Those are great words. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. what we're going to do today is we're going to practice, a, like I said, a little bit of good hermeneutics, a little bit of exegesis instead of I see Jesus. Let's XC, get our bearings right. Yes. Let's make sure to re, let's recenter. Right. XC, it's like a GPS, Google. Mm-hmm. You go on the, off the track. What does Google do? It recalibrates. Recalibrates. It recalibrates. So. Yes. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to recalibrate our compass. So we're gonna do some exe some exegesis. Exe means out. We're gonna get out of the scripture instead of I see from the Greek word it means into. So I see Jesus is what we do not want to do. Mm-hmm. We don't want That's to right. read into scripture, we want to pull out of scripture and obviously that given the fact that we are pulling out of scripture in context, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding mm-hmm. what it says, yep. capturing the meaning of the author. So, in Psalm 1, in verse 1, we see that there is something being said. It says, Blessed, blessed is the man. Right? Mm-hmm. We see that, that there is uh, an affirmation, there is a statement here that is being said, and it says, and it says that, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. That's that's what is being said. Now, what we must observe is that the psalmist is telling us that there's a man who is blessed, Mm -hmm. right? He's blessed in the Hebrew connotation of the word Barak, which is a word for blessed or blessed, means to be karumdeo, in the presence of God, not lacking anything, being amply supplied. This is the height of happiness. So the psalmist is telling us that there is a man who is blessed. But then the psalmist turns and begins to give us a series of negations. He, He gives us a series of negations. He tells us that the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked is blessed. The man that does not stand the path of sinners is blessed. The man who does not conform to the seat of the scoffers is blessed. Right now we can skate through these words and miss, miss completely the meaning. Right, right. Right. Now, what does it mean not to stand, excuse me, what does it mean to stand in the counsel of the wicked, which is being negated here? What does it mean, right? That's the first question we're going to ask. When we see and observe the text and how it's applied, we must understand that the counsel of the wicked would be the advisement 
the teaching mm-hmm. of anybody who denies the person of God mm-hmm. or elevates his philosophies and ideas against the knowledge of Christ. Right. 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 So what I do is I ask a question with R rated movies or any other movie whatsoever, because not only R rated movie, we just said I rated, you know, in order to draw attention, but this could be anything mm-hmm. in the culture or in movies or sitcoms or, or something like that. Yeah. Anything that will raise itself contrary to the knowledge of Christ, meaning contrary to what Christ teaches in his word. And we remember that Christ said that all the word was his word when he said to the Pharisees in John chapter 5, verse 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life, but they are such a give testimony about me. Right. Amen. And so he takes yep. supremacy over the whole of the scripture. Therefore, anything that race, races itself contrary to what the scripture admonish, teaches, and, and exhorts and commands the believer mm-hmm. to be in conformity and think of constitutes a violation of this principle. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. the psalmist is telling us then, therefore, that hearing or paying attention or spending time in the counsel of the wicked will deprive us from this state of blessedness. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. Now we move to the next negation. It says, Blessed is the man who does not stand in the path of sinners. Now that is an interesting word there. Mm-hmm. Because now we're talking about not only ideas, but conformity, that is actions. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about that in this negation, what, what the psalmist is telling us, what the Holy Spirit is telling us is that the man who conforms himself to the pattern of the culture, to the pattern of sinners, the seculum, the secular, the seculum, the yeah. man who conforms to this pattern, now he is detached from this blessedness. He's removed from God. Yep. Okay? So... Tangible examples, the man, the man or woman who is in conformity with the culture by performing abortions, by taking ab- abortive uh, contraceptives mm-hmm. that target the fertile egg in the womb. Yeah. That is a violation of this. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, uh, fornicators, liars. Thieves, swindlers, idolaters, homosexuals, <laughs> right? All yeah. these things are paths or patterns of wickedness, of sin. Mm-hmm. And such were some of you, right? right? So the man who walks in these things is conforming to this thing, to the pattern. And so the psalmist is saying... It's like the you said, it takes a live fish to go against the current. Against right? the current, yes. So, the man who conforms, the man mm-hmm. who walks in the path of sinners, therefore is removed from this blessedness, is removed from the presence of God, from the presence of God, 
because he's conforming himself to this pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't help it. I have an imagery in my head, and I do a lot of anecdotal stuff to kind of help me grasp certain topics. But, you know, I was just picturing uh, a man standing on the train tracks in between the two rails. If you stand there long enough, what's going to happen without moving? If you stand there oblivious and ignorant to the fact that this is a train track you're standing on, what eventually will happen? A train's going to come. Yes. And if you stand there n- oblivious to the fact that a train is coming, you will be ran over by that train. It's yes. the same thing with the highway. If you stand in the middle of the interstate and in, during rush hour, lots of traffic. If you stand there oblivious to the fact that you're in a highway, you're going to get run over. Yes. So... It is the same with the Christian who naively stands in the way of the sinner. Yes. Who he, who he who naively stands there and thinks, nothing's going to happen to me. Yes. You're going to get run over. Yeah, you said in yourself in the collision course. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what this is talking about. So what we're doing is we're just drawing inferences and applications from what, what this is saying mm-hmm. to us in Scripture, yeah. right? Because uh, this is a negation, and it is putting it. It is therefore being set up as a condition, right? That you cannot participate of this blessedness that means being in the presence of God, amply supplied by God, mm-hmm. you know, in communion with God. That's that's why. Uh, God told Moses to bless the children of Israel in such a way. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you. And may the Lord grant you peace. Mm-hmm. Right. So the highest of blessedness and happiness is to be in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. That's to right. be in communion with God. So right. conforming to the path of sinners. Setting yourself in the path of sinners. Therefore will separate you. From this communion. Mm-hmm. So this is what the, the psalmist is saying. Now in the next part. We see that also is negated. To sit in the seat of the scoffers. Now this is another interesting. Imagery. is another interesting word. Because now who are the scoffers? Right. The scoffers. It means those. That scoff at God. Those who mocked the wisdom of God. Mm -hmm. Those who say God is dead. Right? Like Friedrich Nietzsche said that God died out of uh, pity. You know, uh, those who scoff the the scripture, those who negate Christ from his glory by what they teach. Funny thing real quick on Nietzsche is Nietzsche said infamously that God is dead on a certain day in history. Mm -hmm. Well... God said Nietzsche is dead. Nietzsche is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah. a certain point in history. Exactly. So just to put that in perspective. There. Yeah, exactly. Nietzsche said that, you know, and he was just reflecting a, a, a ethos of mm-hmm. the times, right? Sure. So in this case, this coffers will be all of those who teach ideas that contradict the wisdom of God. Those who teach an epistemology that is a, a foundation of learning contrary to Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. You know, under Amen. that category, we, we have a multitude of people 
But for example, just to give an example here, you know, we have a lot of university professors who scoff mm-hmm. at God, you know, and they scoff and, uh, on Christian young Christian men or women that mm-hmm. comes to sit under their teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've they, actually been in that situation and they're in a in the higher higher institution of learning, I've been in that situation. I can tell you, uh, as a new believer too, I was a very young believer at the time, um, it's quite intimidating um, because I didn't know a whole lot about the faith, but I knew that Christ has risen. I knew that the blood of Christ is what saves. Uh, That being said, I have encountered that personally, so I can definitely say it is is definitely something that is uh, rampant throughout the institutes of higher learning um, in our day and age, and it is—it's pretty intimidating for a new believer. It was to uh, go up against the scoffer, yes, uh, in that position of authority. And what the psalmist is telling us here that when you sit, in this case, sitting means to to sit under, to to expose yourself to them. Mm-hmm. You're removing yourself again from this state of blessedness. Mm-hmm. You're exposing yourself to these things so what the psalmist is telling us therefore that uh acquiescing and exposing Mm -hmm. yourself to these ideas that and not only these ideas because they do come from somebody of course Mm -hmm. to these people that scoff at god you are making yourself liable for a fall you, you, it's not wisdom here, right? You know, but we got to think about why do we do this? You know, is because in our worldview, we think that this quiz is worth the juice. <laughs> okay, yep. we think that exposing the mind of our children mm-hmm. to these coffers is worth it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we are pursuing a mat. A material mm-hmm. a goal. We're very materialistic. You know? Now, there's somebody who said something practical about this. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of pragmatism, because this is really pragmatism. You know, you're gonna do this because you're a pragmatic mm-hmm. and you have a pragmatic worldview. Okay, the the juice is worth is worth the squeeze. That which right? works, not necessarily. Right. Well, that's right the that's the that thing. That's, that's the essence of pragmatism. Yeah, that, that's the essence. By any of, means necessary, whatever works. That's the essence. Well, that's the right. essence of pragmatism. If it works, then it must be true. There you go. Okay, yep. so uh, but there was somebody who said something practical about this. Mm-hmm. Very practical. He said it like this. He said, "For what shall profit a man?" Hmm. If he gains the whole world, right? Yep. The whole world he gains. All the titles, worldly pleasures. Titles, passions, money, uh, the, 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 the high echelons of education, name it. He gains, he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his soul. Hmm. And he was being practical about it. Sure. He was being very practical. <laughs> that sounds like a very uh, wise individual. Right. Very practical about <laughs> it. Right. I know this will probably infuriate somebody, but again, my admonition would be, yes, please, by all means, if you get angry with with the communicator, with the, with the messenger, go ahead and shoot him, but ask yourself <laughs> the question, is this true? Is this true? Right. Is it true? Right, that's that's all I can ask. You know, at the end, uh, I I do not hope any better. You know, they right. persecuted the master. They call him the devil. What can be expected from the 
servants, mm -hmm. right? I'm not greater than he, so yes, I'm willing to take a, a wear that badge. Nevertheless, uh, this is the reality. Here we are being told in someone that the man who does not sit in the seat of the scoffers, the man who does not does not expose himself, or the woman who does not expose herself to these teachings that elevate themselves, that scoff at God and elevate themselves uh, against the knowledge of Christ, the man who does not expose himself for the sake of gain to these things is a man who is blessed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. So right. what we see here in all these three negations, the the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor he exposes himself to the seed of the scoffers, right? All these three negations become the fertile the fertile soil mm -hmm. for a communion with God. Amen. Amen. Okay, these three negations become a fertile ground, a basis for a foundational thinking and communion with God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, so this is what we are after. Because you see, in between verses 1 and 2, we're not left in a vacuum. Because nope, it doesn't end. It doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't just give you the negation, but it gives you a positive imperative too, which follows in number 2. It gives you the B-U-T, that that that. However, mm -hmm. that B-U-T is a contrast. Yep. So it's not leave you with the negation alone as though they say, well, what do I do then? Well, no. there's no hope. But it tells way. you the imperative. It no, gives you the it application. You the it says this. It gives you the application. It says this. But he delights in the law of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? So he does not delight in none of these three things. He despises them, actually, mm -hmm. yep. but he turns to the law of the Lord, synonym for destruction, destruction of the Lord, right. the word of God. And then he says, and meditates in it Sundays. No. <laughs> Sundays and Wednesday no. evenings. Day and night mm. is to be all-consuming. Yes. It is a comprehensive statement. So, And it's not necessarily saying morning you know, a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes in the evening, right. day and night. The Again, the completion factor of day and night, yes. going back to Genesis, is a all-consuming, yes. a roundabout, yeah, around-the-clock. Comprehensive right. uh, statement. Now, we obviously must understand that from the practical point of view, right, we'll say, well, I have to work. Mm -hmm. And all these other things that have to function in this world, right. right? Yes, but the idea here is that the meditation of the Word of God is something that should be uh, desired mm -hmm. and it should be uh, strived to attain. That is, you store the Word of God so that in the chamber, shall be hard, this word is stored that therefore you may meditate mm -hmm. on it all the time. It's not a jacket that you you hang up when you're when you wake up and get ready for work, you don't hang up your Christian jacket up and then put on your work jacket and go to work jacket. I'm being uh a liter I'm using alliteration, but it's a jacket you wear throughout the day while you're at work. This, the word of God is something that you don't hang up on a coat rack when you leave to go to work. 
And then you come back from work, you put it back on. Every time you leave the house, you hang it up and leave it. No, this is something that is that is uh, circumferential. That is something that encompasses you, or at least your desire is to have it encompass you day and night. Not just here and there and sporadically. Although, again, like what Brother Eric's saying, as fathers, we're called to work. We're called to provide for our families. We're called to other tasks as well. But that being said is that it is not something that you put on the shelf for later. You meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, meaning all-encompassing. Yeah, this becomes an integral part of you. Mm -hmm. It becomes an integral part. It becomes part of your thinking. Mm -hmm. It becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the idea. The idea is that it becomes who you are. It becomes the longing of your soul. It becomes who you are. It becomes part of you so this is what we must mm-hmm. understand then after that we see the benefits and then we see a sharp contrast here between those who heed mm-hmm. this admonition this teaching and those who do not he- uh, listen to it listen to what it says it says mm-hmm. he will be like a tree meaning to the one who listens and and, and practice these three negations that are given right is this a description this is the outcome of obeying what is being negated, mm-hmm. right? A non-conformist to these things that are being negated. The outcome, therefore, is he will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and it is in his leaves do, does not wither, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Right? So we see the outcome of this, but in the other side, we see the contrast in verse 4. It says, but the wicked are not so. Mm. Right? Those who conform themselves to those three negations given to us in the beginning, right? That that will constitute the wicked in this context. Mm-hmm. But the wicked are not are, are not so. They are like the shaft with the blade drives away. Why? Because they are not firmly planted on the rock. Mm-hmm. They're not planted on Christ. Right. Amen. You know, he said it like this. Whoever hears these words of mine and does not practice them, does not obey them, does not conform to them, is like a house uh, built upon the sand. When the tempest arose, the wind came, it felt, it collapsed Mm -hmm. because it's not planted in the firm foundation. It's not planted on the rock. This is the same principle right. being conveyed here. You will think that it's the same author, but indeed it is the same author. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, the wicked are, are not like that. It says, are not so, but they are like the shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore, right, it comes the conclusion, the wicked, that is, in the context of the psalm, mm-hmm. those who do not obey the negation, those who conform to the path of the wicked, to the path of sinners, to the counsel of the scoffers, will not stand, he says, in the assembly of the righteous. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. They will not stand. When you hear therefore, read therefore, pay attention. That is the application. That that is the conclusion. Mm -hmm. The psalmist comes to the conclusion. Those who violate those negations, Mm -hmm. those who conform to those negations, will not stand in the judgment. Mm -hmm. Verse 5. They will not stand 
That doesn't mean that you're going to lose your rewards. No, you will not make it. <laughs> you're lost. Yeah, yeah. You're lost. Yep, that's right. And it says, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? It, it is clear. Mm-hmm. Very clear. This does not need so much explanation as it does need meditation. And then it says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish. Right, you see that contrast. Yes. You may fool yourself. That's what that means. But not the Lord. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. That's right. He does not need for you to explain to him what the way of the righteous is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knows it. Because it's him who is speaking. These are his words. Mm-hmm. So... All Re- that realize that you're on the train tracks and get off the tracks. Get off, yes. Get off of the tracks because the train will be coming sooner or later. It's only a matter of time. Yes. If you think that you can stand there naively and say, I'm impervious, I'm, I, there's no such thing as a train. Yes. Uh, there's no trains. The trains haven't come through here for years. No, a foolish man stands on the tracks. A wise man recognizes and realizes, I'm standing where I should not be standing. Yes. I must get out of this situation. I must, I must get I out am of called here. to get out of this situation. So, when we see, therefore, these principles given to us in Scripture, and we compare UFC, we compare Game of Thrones, and R-rated movies, and such movies, to all these things, mm-hmm. then we must, therefore, come to the conclusion that all these things do conform to what is being negated. Yeah. It, they do conform to that that we are being told not to be conformed. It's like I said earlier before, it it makes the gray areas a little less gray. We we kind of have this notion that gray areas or adiaphora are this magnitude of issues that we dare not touch. But once we conform those issues to Psalm 1 and the wisdom of Psalm 1, that gray area begins to shrink drastically. And then you can see for yourself, if you're diligent in applying the principles gleaned from Psalm 1 and other, Psalm 101.3 and the other scriptures that really convey the wisdom of God, once you apply that to those gray areas, that magnitude becomes a yes. minimal window. Yeah, we, we see, therefore, more with more clarity... Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said, you know, UFC, Game of Thrones, these things do tower themselves against the knowledge of Christ. You know, it, uh, for example, UFC, we see that it violates the dignity of the human being. Mm-hmm. You know, if God considers an offense just to call your brother a moron, how much would he more consider an offense if you beat up your brother mm-hmm. under right. whatever auspices you might want to... And call it sport or call it art. It might be called sport or an art. By, by by men, but the reality is that this is a clear, stark violation of loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. It is really clear. Now, for example, Game of Thrones, we said it towers itself with fornication, uh, rape, and other, all other kinds of other things that are elevated against the knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. R-rated movies, well, not all of them we said are bad. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are bad, right? But most of them really are, and they do teach ideologies they elevate themselves against the knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. So therefore we must practice discernment. Hence our theme. 
And with drinking, we said that, yes, the scripture allows for the usage of alcohol, but the emphasis is set mm-hmm. away from drunkenness unto holiness. So this is a, a brief sum, summation of what we have dealt with. Right, right. The emphasis, we want to take it from scripture. Be holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Amen. Right. And we pray that God will... Uh, allow us to practice wisdom and to practice biblical principle because again the scripture is sufficient amen that's to right. deal with Total all the <laughs> with all the nuances <laughs> yeah you know god will not be taken by by surprise right right god has given us the sufficient word of god mm-hmm. we have the wisdom of God in Scripture, mm-hmm. and the Bible can speak to anything in life. Anything in life, God has already provided the wisdom to deal with it. Amen. Practice discernment, bring these questions uh, humbly before the Lord in applied wisdom. And remember, the Scripture says, The blessed is the man who, whose heart does not find blame with him. Mm-hmm. No, the Scripture says that blessed is the man who is not accused by the things he approves Amen. right so that's what we need to seek is is clearness of conscience before god because ultimately he is the lord of the conscience mm-hmm. that's we, right we have no authority to declare a person saved or, or or a person lost the only thing we can do is observe the fruit and call everybody first and foremost ourselves to self-examination Amen. to see if we are in the truth that's right but it is that's the right. lord who is the lord of the conscience so all we can do is to bring to application and to bear his word it's been a great great podcast next uh, podcast yes laura lost it we're going to have a special guest special guest we're going to be talking with my dear friend justin peters and we'll be uh we're going to be talking about this special topic that is, seems to be hot <laughs> stay on, tuned yeah well, don't seems, don't give it to him yet let's uh, let him let's make him i come think back. we should you should need oh, to know. okay all we're right. going to be talking about Kanye West. Oh, okay. Oh, it seems to be hot. On That's the a hot topic. Social hot media edition. today, yes, especially among even amongst evangelicals. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. gonna be talking about Kanye West with my dear friend uh, Justin Peters. We're gonna ask the question: Should Kanye West be preaching the gospel? Mm, well, right, stick gonna, around for that. That's gonna, gonna be a good one. That. That's gonna be a good yes. one. So, guys, just thank you for listening. This is Marty with Brother Eric, discerning the times. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you all. 